0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to church. My name is Luke, and I serve on our worship team. When you walked into our service today, someone handed you a bulletin. On the inside of that bulletin is our connection card. If you've never filled out one of these cards before or if you're with us for the very first time today, please go ahead and fill that out with as much information as you're comfortable with. And once the service is over, you can take that card out to the Welcome Center out in our lobby. Someone will be there to answer any questions you may have and also give you a gift card from Dunkin' Donuts as our way of saying thank you for being with us today. Our Life Group semester is almost here, starting on October 22nd. Our groups are how we get relationally connected with other people from our church. From Bible studies to shooting guns, we have a lot of different groups that do a variety of different things. Visit lifechurchmaine.org slash lifegroups to find a group that fits you. If you'd like to learn more about your purpose and why God put you here on earth, some of the answers to those questions may be found in the details of your personality and the gifts God has given you. To learn more about the unique aspects of your design and how God wants to use you, attend our GROW classes. Our GROW classes happen on the first and second week of every month. For more details on our GROW classes, visit our Welcome Center out in the lobby and there will be someone there to give you more details on our GROW class. This week is the first installment of our Life Can Be Better series. This series is all about sharing the love of God, and we know there's nobody that does a better job of spreading love in our community than our school teachers. From kindergarten all the way through high school, our teachers make an amazing impact on our community. And at Life Church, we want the opportunity to give back to them. So, in two weeks on October 29th, we're going to give out $50 gift cards to every single school teacher in attendance. So, invite school teachers that you know. If you have kids, tell them to invite their teachers to our service on October 29th, just so we can have the opportunity to bless them. That's it for Life Church News this week. Enjoy the rest of your service.
1: Well, it's great to see you guys here today. And have you ever heard the phrase that a picture is better than a thousand words? Well, here's here's a picture of the story of my life right there. Yeah, I am so abused.
2: You poor thing. I know. So I know you guys have you. such
1: compassion for me. Actually, this is a photo from our trick-or-trunk last year, which is on Halloween night. And we're asking you to help us. Uh, you decorate your trunk, which is why it's called trick-or-trunk. You can notice this is our the back of our van. And uh, would you consider... Bringing a vehicle out, thousands of people from our community come out on Halloween evening, and it would be great if they could get some candy from your trunk. Also, over the next couple of weeks, if you'll bring some candy out. That would help us as well. And life groups start next week, Raquel.
2: That's right. October 22nd is the beginning of our next session of life groups. And we just want to encourage you to be a part of a life group. Find one that fits you, that fits your personality, or maybe the activity you enjoy doing. Um, This picture is kind of ironic because my life group is the ladies' target shooting, which is quite fun. And I'm having a great time. Raquel with a
1: gun. That's a scary thing.
2: Oh, please. It's not scary at all. (laughs) Exactly as it should be. To me. But it's... (laughs) It's a lot of fun. And, you know, really, as I've gotten to know some new ladies through life groups and develop some deeper relationships and some friendships, and so I just want to encourage you, you know, coming to church and meeting people, that's fantastic and and is right, but you need someone in deeper communication and deeper uh, relationships, and that's going to happen in life groups. So we encourage you to do that. When you leave the auditorium today, if you go to the left out in the foyer, if you need help choosing one or checking out what we have, there's somebody there at the table that would love to help. You find the right life group for you.
1: Yes. You do know that God has a photo of you in his wallet, right? Well, actually, it's better than that. God says in the word in Isaiah, he says that even if a mother could forget uh the baby nursing, I can't forget you, God says, because I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. God says he has you engraved on the palms of his hands. He says that he counts the hairs on your head. I see a couple bald heads out there, and God appreciates you making it a little bit easier for him. You're just, you know, he's a really busy guy. And uh, he really appreciates that. But I, why would God say something like that? That he counts the hairs on our head. He's trying to let us know that he's more concerned about us than we are about ourselves. He knows more about us than we know about ourselves. And okay, God loves you. He loves you exactly as you are. He loves you. He knows your weakness. He knows your strength. He knows it. And he loves you. You know, if you would ask me years ago, Brian, does God love you? I think i said, well, you know, sure. Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, right? I think I would have said yes, and I would have believed it, but it would have been a stretch to say that I was experiencing that love in a tangible way, that I went through my day with an energy just knowing that God was lovingly directing my steps and everything was working together for my good. I, those were Bible verses, but th- that wasn't what I was feeling. That wouldn't have been my reality. The love of God was, I believed it, but it was somewhere out there. And you know I started praying a prayer. I heard a message one time. I'm praying a certain prayer right out of the Bible. There's actually very few prayers recorded in the Bible, but the ones that are there are because God wants us to take a hint and pray these. So would you pull out of your bulletin there is this card. On the front is that life can be better logo and on the back is right out of the book of Ephesians is this biblical prayer, right? And This prayer, three different times, now I believe the Bible is the Word of God, so God is asking us to ask Him to show us something, because He knows that if we don't ask this, we're not going to see it. We're not going to experience it like He wants us to. So hopefully you pull this out, and and you're looking at the back there. The prayer begins, uh, I kneel before the Father. Now we don't always have to kneel when you pray, but this particular one, uh, Paul said that's what he did. Remember when I heard that? I was just home alone. I'm like, gosh, it can't hurt. So you just stay seated. But I kneel. I got this out. and I I kneeled. So I'm just going to read it aloud together. I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He would strengthen me with power through His Spirit in my inner being. Notice we're praying to be something to happen in here. So that Christ might dwell in my heart through faith. Now here's the first time. We're asking for God's love. And I pray that I, being rooted and established in love, God wants our roots sucking up love into our life. Number two now, I may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp. He wants us to grasp and comprehend something. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And here's number three. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. He says there's a love that surpasses my knowledge that he somehow wants us to know. because it's a revelation, it's not mental knowledge, he puts it in our chest, that I might be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. You see, this prayer is praying for God's love to become real to us. You know, just like everybody in here. I have difficult days. Life kicks me occasionally, just like it kicks you. But I think the biggest change has come since praying this prayer of even in those, what I would call a dark time, now I just know that God's working things out. I know he's got a plan. I know he's with me. I know he loves me. And instead of believing that this is just some random thing that's going to you know, take, tear my life apart, I know God is working it out. He's working things together for my good. You know, when I prayed that prayer, if God would have showed up and said, Brian, I've got $1,000 in this hand, or, and in this hand, I've got, I'll reveal my love to you. Which one do you want? I probably would have taken the $1,000 uh, because I thought, you know, maybe that's more practical. Okay? I'm hoping to help you believe in this series that actually the love of God, not only is it better, it's actually more tangible and practical because the love of God will pay your bills. It absolutely will. God wants to take, God promises to take care of your physical needs. By the way, look at the card again. Look at that last sentence. It's actually verse 20 there. The last sentence says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's probably the biggest promise in all the Bible, but you'd probably be tempted to say, well, gosh, God, you said you're able to do more than I ask, but right now I'm asking for some things and you're not even doing that. I mean, you're not, you're not exceeding my asking. You're not even taking care of what I'm asking. But notice what God says. He says that he's able to do more than we ask or imagine, not according to his power in the universe, according to his power that is at work within us. I found this amazing thing. That as I prayed this prayer I started getting more of a revelation of God's power in me, his love in me, his love for me, when more of God was working in here, it's shocking how many things I saw God starting to do out here. God fixed my physical problems, my financial problems. These things exterior that I was all focused on changed. God is able to do more than you ask when you start focusing on the right thing, and that is your own heart being full of God's love. He wants you to live a life full of God's love. Do you know what's the love of God that actually makes life worth living? Here's an interesting quote by Rick Warren. He says, the only reason you're alive is for God to love you. He's just paraphrasing scripture. The Bible says that God created all things for his pleasure. So you ever think about that? Why am I alive? Why am I alive? According to to God's word, we are alive. The reason we're alive is he wants to display his love to you. He wants to love you. Now, if you're going through a difficult time right now, you're probably tempted to say, well, if God created me for his pleasure, he must be a little bit sadistic. He must have a dark sense of humor because he's having a lousy way of showing it. And you know, even that dark part, one of the things that happened, because while I was praying this prayer, I was sitting in a counseling session where you're trying to help somebody through a a difficult moment in their life, and it was with Raquel, and Raquel was doing more of the talking, because especially if somebody's going through something difficult, um, well, she's usually a lot better at helping people in that spot, because her past has been a little more difficult, and God just uses her in better ways helping such people, so she's doing most of the talking, and that day... I heard her say something that I'd never heard before. I'd heard her story before. But that day, after she shared just a little bit of her story, she just said to this person, and you know what, if I could go back, if I could go back in time in that darkest hour of my life, I wouldn't change it. And when she said that, I'm like, oh my gosh. Because she was just trying to convey, Raquel was trying to convey to this person that God had so, not only transformed her life and filled Raquel with her love, but God had so used Uh, That dark past for his glory, he had so used, and this was just another, this counseling session was just another example of God helping. And the reason Raquel was helping people more than I was at that time was simply because, again, of what she went through, the love of God is so powerful that it will utterly transform you and literally make you thankful for everything in your life as God uses you and everything for your glory. So I want Raquel to share just a little bit of that story.
2: Well, as Brian said, I had uh, kind of a dark past. Um, my birth father, and just to clarify before I forget, my father that I call father now is my stepfather, and so he's a good man, and he's here with my mom. So, um, But my um, childhood... As Brian said, it was very difficult growing up. My father actually was very abusive, but it was the kind of abuse that you kept a secret. And I actually never told a soul until I was 19 years old. And I lived with my father until I was 19 years old. And it started when I was a very... You know, barely out of diapers. So it was long and extensive and um, very manipulative and controlling. The kind of abuse, it wasn't all just the the physical side of it, but there was that emotional and that mental uh, abuse of it. And I actually came to faith in Christ at about nine years old. And I had a love for God and um, a faith in God and in Christ. And I did my best to serve him. Throughout my childhood, Um, but my father used God as his excuse and reason for the things that he did to me. So I'm just setting this up so you kind of understand where I was coming from. And my mindset is that, um, you know, I believed what my father was doing was God's will and purpose because my father had so manipulated and controlled me at, from such a young age that I, I believed it. I truly believed it. I would, you know, sometimes in the darker times when it was just harder to deal with and I was going through different struggles throughout my childhood, he would cry to God and cry out to him and beg him to change things and make things different. And, and then when I was done, you know, having my pity party in my mind, I would repent For not appreciating God's will for my life. So that's kind of how twisted my mind was at the time. And, you know, throughout my childhood, even though I I did have a faith in Christ and I can look back now and I see how God's hand was upon me, even in my darkest times, um, But there was one point um, during my senior year of high school, and I'm going to share a story that's just kind of tough, um, but it kind of just represents where I am, so it's a little gruesome, so I hope you'll be okay with that. But there was a story at the time of there was some domestic violence and abuse going on in a family, and the the father in a divorce situation, and the father kind of went insane, not kind of, he went insane, and he ended up setting his child on fire. The child was like 9 or 10 years old, I believe, at the time, and um, burned over 90% of his body. And amazingly enough, he lived. And of course, it made national news, and then eventually they were on some talk show, and eventually a magazine put this little boy's face on the cover. And as you can imagine, it was pretty gruesome what this child went through and what he had to end up living with for the rest of his life. And I remember seeing that story and seeing that magazine. I went and purchased that magazine, and I pulled out that cover photo, and I taped it to my bathroom mirror, which seems kind of gruesome to me today. But every morning when I got up, that would be the first thing I would see. And I did that on purpose because at this point in my life, I was just really struggling emotionally and really struggling just to get up each day and face the day. And in my mind, my life, when I would get up and see that picture, I could say, okay, I don't have it so hard. I can do another day. And that's just where I was at at this point in my life. And uh, God began to just reveal himself to me gradually you know healing and and freedom never comes immediately it's always in steps and in god's time and it usually doesn't look the way we think it should look and i began going to a church a good church it was preaching the word of god and i just began to go regularly you know even though i knew christ i wasn't you know in a place where we were going to uh services in a normal capacity and that's another story but um I remember as I was attending church week after week and the and the pastor would minister and I would hear God's truth. And at this point, I'm 19 and I'd never told a soul what had gone on and I still believed it was God's will. But as I was attending church week after week, I was hearing pieces of truth. I was hearing God's word week after week and God began to use his word to open up my eyes and reveal his truth to me. And week after week, all of a sudden, you know, God was just helping me see truth and i was having to face some hard truths and i remember god was dealing with me that that wasn't his will god didn't cause my father to do those things to me that was not god's plan and as god was revealing that to me you know i was you know having to deal with those emotions of that whole thing and finally i just said okay god i get it that wasn't your will just don't make me tell anyone And, uh, so God just kind of let me go for a while. And I just began being a part of that same church, hearing the word of God. They made a call for people volunteering in, uh, some of their services. And so I signed up for that. And then they said, you need to be a part of a small group. So I signed up for that small group. And so I'm getting, you know, God's, uh, word in my life in more areas. I'm building relationships. I'm serving him, even though I myself am, in a great deal of pain, but I just began to see God wanted me to help in the church. God wanted me to be a part of a small group. God wanted me to be a part of a church, and I began to just taking those steps and obeying God, and then it came to a place where, you know, I knew scripture said God expects us to forgive. You know, that kind of just helped me up for a while, and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to forgive, but God, do you understand? He's not sorry. He's never apologized. In fact, he blamed me and God for his behaviors. And, you know, I just didn't have the emotional capacity. I told God, I cried out to him. I said, God, you know me. You know what's in me. You know I want to obey you, but I don't even know how in this area. Because the pain was so great. You know, kind of that image of that little boy on the outside, on that magazine cover, is kind of how I felt on the inside. Just Ugly. And just in so much pain that, you know, I couldn't see the end of the tunnel, really, of that healing that God had for me. I knew, I knew he said it, but to experience that to the point where I could forgive. I wanted to, but it didn't seem possible. And I just continued to obey God in everything that I knew. And I just cried out to God. And I said, you know what, God? This is your word. And I need your forgiveness because I'm going to mess up. So I need to forgive. And I don't feel it. But, God, I'm going to say it, and you're just going to have to do that other part in me. So I just began to say it. You know, every day I would make sure, you know, when pain would come, memories or whatever would come up, I would just say, I forgive, God, with your help. I forgive, God. I don't feel it, but you said it. You know my heart. You know I want to obey you. So I just began to go down that path of doing everything I could on my end to obey God. And eventually God, you know, had me share with some of the first person I ever uh, shared with was Brian. And God just began to, and that was scary. That was traumatic for me. That was horrific and embarrassing. But you know, every time we obey God, even when it seems like it's impossible or seems so hard or humiliating or difficult, you know, always on the other side is more healing and grace, and just I discovered as I kept saying yes to God and kept following in those steps, even though maybe I had some mishaps or some discouragement here and there, I just kept on. I kept plotting on God's path, what I knew to be his path, and he just kept meeting me where I was at, and I began to experience some grace. I began to experience healing, and again, it wasn't as quick as I wanted. It it seemed to be a slow process, but I had a lot to clean up. A lot of mess to clean up in my own soul and mind. And eventually I began sharing my story with others, you know, just individually, one-on-one, and helping others to understand that there was light at the end of the tunnel. There is healing in Christ. There is grace and strength. And life can be better in God when we follow his path. And I just um, remember one time as I was just sharing with somebody, you know, just it was getting easier, and it was actually, I was finding joy in it. I was finding grace in helping others, even in sharing my story, as painful as it was at the time. I was, I was feeling um, rejuvenated and energized at the time. And I remember hearing this verse of Scripture, and in one of the translations of the Bible, it, it states it like this. It says, the memories of the just are blessed. And I remember thinking that, well, I'm the just because of Jesus, And so my memories are supposed to be blessed. And, you know, I feel that way. I don't feel pain from my past. I don't feel discouragement from what I went through. But I actually came to a place where I feel blessed that that scripture just, it stuck out to me that that's true. God didn't have to erase my memories. He didn't have to change them to help me feel blessed. He changed me. He changed me on the inside that I can look back and I don't have pain. You know, I can write my father, my birth father, a letter and let him know that I forgive him completely and utterly and to a place where I don't feel pain from you know, those wounds. I don't feel sadness, but I feel a strength and a grace. So much to the point that it brought joy and energy into my life when I was helping others, when I was sharing what God was doing in me. That, that statement came out of my mouth, and I truly believe it, that if I could go back and change my past, which I begged God to do my entire childhood, I would not go back and have a different childhood because through it, I've seen God, through it I've seen his grace, through it I've seen his healing, and I can understand and experience the joy of that myself, but then watching other people experience the same healing, the same life that can be better.
1: You know, obviously, I've heard Raquel's story before, but every time I hear her tell that, I mean, the word that comes to my mind is overcomer. Uh, that's what God says in his word is his goal for all of us. In the book of Revelation, he writes to seven different churches They are facing seven different difficulties. They're all completely different, but to each one of them, he says the same thing. This is leading up to judgment, and to each one of them, he says, to him who overcomes, I will give, and then he lists a different reward for each of them. But to all of them, though they were facing something different, he says, to him who overcomes, God's will for your life. He's going to allow all of us to face some difficult things, and he wants us to overcome. Does that make God dark? Is God dark and evil because he allows us to face difficulty in this life? You know, Some people would say so. Let me give you an odd... Here's a, a little piece of uh, theology from a very famous theologian, Lex Luthor. Um, if you don't know that character, he's actually a character from the Superman movie. But here's what Lex says. Probably not a great idea to take your, take your theology from Lex Luthor. But nonetheless, here's what he says. He says, if God is all-powerful, he can't be loving. And if he's loving, well, then he can't be all-powerful. I think his point... He's trying to make the point that he doesn't even think there is a God. I think is, but, and that's his, just his argument... But it's all simple in Lex's mind it's either A or B because if if there were a god then and he were all loving well then he would never allow pain because that you know if he loved you well then he would never allow pain. Well that's actually a reasonably logical that's that's his assumption. That's a reasonably logical assumption because well just ask yourself is god able to create a world where there is no pain where there are no hurricanes, no fires, no hurricanes and Shooters, is God, is, is God able to create such a world? Not only can he do it, but he's already done it. It's called heaven. It's, it's a lot bigger than the earth and it already exists. And some of your family members and friends have already passed on to go there. And that is, it's the reason that we have that assumption is that if God loved us, he would want us in a place with no pain because it's ultimately true. But God also says that his plan and his purpose for this particular life is not the same as eternity. God calls this life that we're all living right now, if you live to be 100 years, God says that this life is a vapor. It's just gone in a second. It's one short little thing. And that his plan for this life, even think about even in the Garden of Eden, there was a snake and a tree. God's purpose was a test always for this short life, a test. So this short life is your testing period. Now, does that make God evil to allow us a testing period? I don't think, you know, actually, I don't think he's that much different than we are in this regard, because we all want a pain-free life, we all want, you know, we, all, we want peace, but every one of us in this room has probably paid your good, good hard money to mildly torture yourself. Anybody ever paid your money to go see at least a thriller, if not a horror movie? Yeah, as, as if, you know, life isn't scary enough, we, you know, you got to pay and go see a what is your goal during, even if it's just a thriller, what is your goal during those next two hours? Is, is your goal during that little period the same as the goal for your whole life? No, the goal for that hour is to torment yourself, basically, right? Uh, I'll never forget, Raquel and I went on a missions trip years ago uh, to the Philippines, and it was a great trip. We were able to help the poor and just do some amazing things. And But at the end of the trip, we had a day of, you know, a little, you know, a little day of rest, and We went snorkeling in the South China Sea, and I very quickly realized this is different than Maine. The water was very warm, and uh, it was very clear, and we snorkeled down about 20 feet down. There was this big reef, and as we got down to it, there were these fish about this big down there, and I remember I started getting petrified. I'm like, my, these things could take a chunk out of me. I mean, they were maybe only big goldfish, I had no idea, but, but they were big enough to scare me, and I'm seeing something that big, and I'm thinking, my gosh, there could be sharks around here, so even though I'm still petrified, I'm still, that doesn't make me go back to the surface, you know, I'm going to torment myself here for a half an hour at least, and you know, I read something, I read of a business that uh, will take you down, they have a certain spot in the ocean that they'll take you in, and they guarantee or your money back, that you're going to have great white sharks coming up to your cage. Now, here's the kicker. You pay your fee, you sign the waiver, they'll allow you to get out of your cage if you want to. And people do it all the time. They get out of the cage. Now, they say, now, we've, we've done our best to feed these sharks, so odds are not really high that they'll eat you, but, you know, people have gotten bitten, but still, to this day, people go out there, pay their but whatever a couple hundred bucks to swim when you're swimming with the sharks with the shark with great white sharks for half an hour what what's your goal other than being an idiot what's your goal for that half an hour gang here's my only point your goal for that half hour is not the same as your goal for your whole life nobody wants that eternally but we're okay with a little with a, just a little chunk of at least a thrill danger Gang, that is exactly what God has done in this life. This is not eternity. Every one of us, 60 trillion years from now, are going to look back and we say, you know, that really was just that quick, wasn't it? I really did uh, whine the whole time, didn't I, God? <laughs> I really never really got it, did I? What is, what is the point? God wants us right here and now while we're swimming with the sharks. While there are things that you don't like and things you disagree with and people... Does anybody have a coworker? You have at least one coworker who is a pain in your side. Whatever you want. <laughs> it's here now where, where there's real pain, where the, we're swimming with the sharks, that God wants us to trust Him. He wants us to overcome. This is the only time you're really going to have a chance to prove any faith. God, I believe right here and right now, swimming with the sharks, I know that you love me. I know that you're working things out. I know that you are. Some of us are still living in fear because we know that one of those sharks is ultimately going to take us out. Gang, the mortality rate on planet Earth is still hovering pretty close to 100%, right? How ridiculous to fear the the ultimately inevitable Yes, God has allowed and he's going to let one of those sharks take you out. What does that prove? It proves nothing. That has nothing to prove that God doesn't love you. That's just part of his plan for this short existence, and right here and right now, we're all going to face some difficult things. Hopefully, your difficulty is not near what Raquel's was, but whatever it is, will you say this word with me? Say overcome. Overcome. How do we overcome? It starts by opening our heart to God's love and starts by believing that, God, you love me right here, right with these sharks, right in the middle of this. God, you love me. There's a plan. There's a purpose. You're going to work this together for my good. My test is ultimately going to be a testimony, and I'm going to do some good for your kingdom. I'm not going to live selfishly just for myself, but I'm going to try to love, give, and serve, and help. And if that ends up being your lifestyle, that is how you overcome. You take your test, it turns into a testimony, and that's how, on that day of judgment, you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, you have overcome. It is absolutely possible for every one of us in this room to live life full of love, full of joy, full of peace, knowing good and well that God is working things out for you. You can live there. Heaven forbid if this sounds like I'm bragging or something, because this is completely normal. This is Christian normality. The number one, the, the top most com- repeated command in all of scripture is this, don't fear, fear not. It's the thing God tells you the most. There's only one possible way to, realize, to, to live with no fear, and that's to realize he's, he's in control of these sharks. Even when it takes a bite out of me, he's in control. God, I trust you. You love me. And I feel like I live in a place with energy, And when things go wrong today, rather than the old days where I'd be like throwing my hands up, getting discouraged, all, now I say, God, I know you love me. I know you do. So I know this is working out for my good. I know you're going to use this. I know it. It's just a different answer. Friends, every one of you in here, God loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. You don't know how many hairs on your head. He does. And he loves you. He knows every detail of your life. He knew it before you were born He knew your weakness, he knows your strengths, and he loves you. And he wants to use you for his glory in this world. Would you take that prayer out again? Pull this prayer out. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer for 40 days. Why for 40 days? Well, 40 is an interesting number in the Bible. Let me just give you a few of these. Noah's life was transformed by 40 days of rain. It rained for 40 days. Guess how long Moses was on the top of Mount Sinai when he's receiving the Ten Commandments. Anybody want to guess? 40 days. David was transformed by Goliath's 40-day challenge. Elijah was transformed when he went for 40 days on one meal that God fed him. Anybody want, how long was Jesus in the wilderness? Anybody remember? 40 days. You want me to keep going? There's a bunch more of these. I think we get the point. There's something significant about 40 days. When we're able to do something for 40 days, it changes us and life gets better. So everybody pull this card out again. I'm going to just ask you to read it with me. I'm going to kneel because he tells tells us to kneel. I'm going to ask you for 40 days, find a place all alone, all right? You know, some of us, we might even be embarrassed to kneel uh, even for all alone, Has anybody ever embarrassed yourself? Even when you're all by yourself. You're like in the shower singing and you hit that odd note. You're like, oh. You get embarrassed all by yourself. Just whether or not you kneel. I'm going to ask you to kneel, but just pray this prayer. All right? Let's all take it out and let's all pray it together. Let's read this aloud together. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he would strengthen me with power through his spirit in my inner being. So that Christ might dwell in my heart through faith. I pray that I, being rooted and established in love, might have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that I might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Can you do that for 40 days? Will that take you 30 seconds, 60 seconds? Pray that prayer every day. And consider doing one other thing. That quote I gave you a Rick Warren quote quote earlier that the reason you're alive is for God to love you. I cut that out of a a 40-day devotional. I'm going to ask you to consider downloading our church app because... Uh, right here on our church app. By the way, you can do this right now. Many of you have been on your phones while I'm preaching, anyways. Go ahead and put it to some good use. And you know the internet's in here. And go to your Play Store and download Life Church Main, uh, the app. Because right here is that this prayer. It's going to take you right to this scripture. That way you're out of excuses because somebody say, "Oh, I lost the card." All right? Well, hopefully you won't lose your phone and you'll have it with you. And just hit that button and it'll take you right to the prayer. But this button takes you to a devotional. It's called 40 Days of Love by Rick Warren. And you need, to, just for 40 days, if you will feed yourself on what God says in his word about his love for you, life is going to be better. You're going to be in a different, you're going to be in a radically different place. If you'll do that, pray this prayer. If, you, if, you can, if you'll only do one thing, pray this prayer. But again, this devotional will only take you about five minutes a day to read. 40 days is six weeks. Six Sundays. I'm going to ask you to consider coming back because we're going to stay on this topic. We're going to talk about the love of God. We're going to get practical on how your home, not only your heart, today we talked about your heart, but how your home can be full of God's love, your workplace. Do you know it's possible to love your coworkers? Somebody said, ah, you just went too far there, preacher. That is impossible. It is possible to have a heart so full of love that you not only love God and love life, you love people. You love people. You have forgiven and you're free. So I pray that you will do that. Would you bow your heads uh, with me? Our band is going to come up. We're going to end by singing one last song. But let me just, if everybody will just bow your head, I just want to ask you a really simple question. Here's your question. Is God's love tangible to you? Would you say that it's a a day-by-day experience where you'd say you can feel it. You know there's a purpose. You know your steps are being ordered. So there's a strength about your life. Let me ask that in a different way. Is God somewhere out there? You believe in him and and you know he's God and you believe in him, but he's out there someplace. Or is he with you? Is he ordering your steps? Is Is he with you and in you? And it's a tangible experience. I hope that it's be. I hope it's a tangible experience. I hope the love of God is filling your heart. But whatever the case, start praying that prayer. Pray that prayer every day for 40 days. Let me ask you to do one other thing. It starts, experiencing the love of God starts with a a submission to Christ, a revelation that Jesus Christ came to this earth to take your place. Every last one of us have sinned. We've all done things we're not proud of. Opening to the love of God starts when we get a revelation that Jesus Christ paid our price. Would you just pray this with me, at least loud enough for yourself to hear. Would you just, just simply repeat this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for taking my sin upon that cross. Lord, I open my heart to you. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your love as I walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's stand up together. We're going to sing this song. One last song on the love of God. And then Raquel's going to come and wrap us up and we'll be dismissed.
3: like it hurts